now listening to the Black Variant. Black Variant on RNC Radio. Black variant issue 184. Yeah. I am X to Exile. Of course, join if you know you hear my voice. I'm joined by Van Rid, the guy of New York himself, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. What's up, y'all? And we are here to give you the latest and greatest in comic book news. But before we do that, we got to bullshit just gotta a bit. Bullshit, bullshit. Before we get into what AFCON or we talk to people at AFCON, AFCON is the African Conference of Nations, right? Yeah. It is literally the African football tournament equivalent to the Euros or equivalent to the World Cup. It's just all the teams from Africa, all the countries from Africa, right? And it's fucking amazing. It's so great. And it's not because like this, it's just like this really great technical football or it's beautiful or it's smooth. No. AFCON is special because all that shit goes out the window. You don't give a fuck about pedigree. You don't give a fuck about international, national accomplishments, what you've done for your fucking league team. Nah. You come to AFCON, everyone's on a playing field, on an even playing field. Mohamed Salah is one of the most prolific scorers in Premier League history. And you know what happens when he comes to AFCON? He becomes a goddamn pedestrian every damn time. Absolutely, because it's like they don't, like I said, they don't care about your status, nigga. Like, you can be the richest nigga in the world, like Mo Salah, bro. It don't matter in AFCON, nigga. We're fouling you. They, they, they will run the, over you like it's nothing. The same lesson Messi learned when he went to League One. It's the same lesson Muhammad Salah gets. Yo, them young African kids had messy in hell, man. Was he different. was like, he was like, I didn't know they could run this fast. Yeah, um, exactly. But Afcon is Afcon is a wild tournament. It's been mad fun. Um, I watched the two matches yesterday. Each of them had a red card, yo. Mm-hmm. Each each both of them joints joints had a red card in the first half. Yeah, that's Afcon, bro. That's Afcon. You got janky refereeing. Shitty fields, like that's just you know, even worse streams. Yeah. Even let me let me tell y'all this, right? I turned on, let me make sure I have this match right because I want to make sure I don't lie to you people. Because you know, I want to I want to be positive here on the black variant, but give me one sec, I'm gonna pull this shit up because this shit is insane. I believe it, man. I believe all it. right. Today is the 16th, so yesterday was the 15th, right? Mm-hmm. I put on the Senegal Gambia match. Right, and do you know what was playing when the fucking stream came up? What's that? The match from the day before Nigeria <laughs> versus Equatorial Guinea. Hey, that's heritage, though. That's heritage. Wait, Afcon heritage. Hold up, I thought I was tweaking. the The app I used had an option to switch feeds from the French to the Spanish to the English. Right, mm-hmm. I went to all three. The same shit was playing. I yeah. went on my stream. I went on my stream site, my footy plug site, and the same shit was playing. Yeah. I was like, these these niggas really got the game from the day before playing on the official stream right now. And then it came back into the match. And the first thing the man said, sorry for our technical difficulties. We are having problem here live. Uh, where are they this year, actually? Ivory Coast? Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Live from the Ivory Coast. Dog, he was vexed. Every- <laughs> That's heritage, though. That's heritage. Like, if it's not janky, it's not AFCON, bro. If it... It has to be a little janky, bro. Like Afcon, I love it, man. One of my favorite tournaments, bro. Speaking of prospering black blacks, uh, <laughs> it's a wild segue. 
Io Debris and Keita Brunson won fucking Emmys last night, becoming the first black woman in history in almost what 45 years, nearly 45 years to win uh Emmys for supporting and best actress in comedies, which is yeah. crazy shit, Van. How do you feel yeah. about that? The niggas was basically racking up last night. Like all the black people was was, you know, was winning all the shits, all the awards. Beautiful to see, especially Niecy Nash, man, because she's been around for a long time. So happy to see her win. I am happy to see her win. I am sad with, for what she won for, but that's yeah, besides the point. Exactly, yeah. Um, shout out to Cousin and shout out to Carmi, uh, yeah. Jeremy Allen White and Ebon um, for w- also winning. The Bears swept shit, dog. Shit was crazy. I um, that show on TV, bro. I think it's wild it was in the comedy section. I'm going to keep it 100% real with you, dude. I feel like that was that was definitely some politicking. Like someone was like, my nigga, succession is winning no matter <laughs> yeah, what happens. Definitely, because anytime I watch the Bear, I just get anxiety. <laughs> Well, every time you start hearing that music, that dun, 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 exactly. dun, I was like, oh, hell. Like it, When you first start the show, it sounds exciting. It sounds like some shit's about to pop off, right? Once you get in the show, it's like, oh, no, nah, Karma's about to hit somebody with a goddamn stiff, stiff Chris Hero ass forearm smash, dog. Exactly. Like, this shit's about right to be crazy. Yep. It is what it is. It is what it totally. is. Um, But the Emmys were, yeah, the Emmys. I, that, I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't know who else won shit. So that's the only that's the only notifications I looked for discussing film last night. <laughs> nice. Um besides the Emmys and shit, how you been, brother man? I've been good, man. We just got this uh this fake snow. It's cold as balls in America, unless you live in Florida right now, everywhere. Um but yeah, man, shit it's, it's just, we're in the heart of winter, man. Speaking of the goddamn heart of winter, um so speaking of the snow, I remember I talked to y'all last week about how it was no longer reliably you know, uh, cold enough for snow to form um, <laughs> in early January anymore. Well, we're now in mid-January, and roughly two days after recording that podcast, God, Mother Nature, whatever, weather deity decided to put rain down what came upon us. Um, they said, we pussy? Um, and what proceeded to happen was we got three days of snow, roughly 12 inches, um, and because of what I was talking about last week, how, how, because it's not warm enough or yeah, cold enough for snow to stay on the ground, some of it melted. And so when the deep freeze happened, cause it is currently negative 30 degrees still here in the Chicagoland area, um, that snow melted a little bit and then all the extra snow came and then all that shit froze. Yeah. So mind you, I'm telling you all this to say. Your early yesterday morning, I got up to warm the car up so beloved could go to work, right? Make sure everything was good as a man should. If you are a man and your other person in your life, no matter if it be a man, woman, or just your other significant other, right? If you are letting them wake up and you not warm up the car for them, you should be ashamed of yourself. It's like taking out the garbage at another person's crib. You do that shit. Absolutely. All right. Uh, but I got up, got the car ready, got it warmed up, got the got everything going right. And then I went to actually back out, and I thought about it for a second. I was like, let me go check out just to make sure I could. And I totally forgot to, you know, consider the big-ass mini glacier that had formed directly behind <laughs> the back right wheel of my vehicle. Um, and your boy couldn't even work the magic to get it out. So I was like, you know what? I'm just, we're just going to Uber to work for the next two days, whatever, right? Yeah, fuck so, it. I made a promise that if I didn't ha- if I didn't have time yesterday to do it, I would do it today. I didn't have time yesterday, so I did the shit today. I I yo, 
I've never worn more layers than I did today. Like even when even when I was a child and you would go outside and your mom would like make you wear like two two or three pairs of socks and like mm-hmm. put on like three jackets and shit Ooh, like that. that yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gloves on gloves on gloves, you know what I'm saying? I did all that shit today, bro. I had five layers on my upper body at one point, right? I had a I had a long sleeve, I had a jacket, I had a hoodie, then I had another jacket, then I had my coat, and then I had a hat and all types of shit, right? Yeah. I did that because, you know, negative 30 weather, I'm about to go shovel some su- some snow and ice. I'm going to be outside for an extended period of time. I got to make sure I got extremities when I get back in the crib. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So I got the shovel. Uh, I, what ended up happening was me and two of the maintenance men who helped me, shout out to them, uh, busted down because it wasn't snow. It was ice, man. Ice straight ice. Yeah. It was straight. It was no snow. Straight ice all the way through. So what happened was we got shovels and then they had this basically this big ass ice pick. We took turns. We switched shifts on the ice pick. Niggas shoveled out of the way. 15 minutes later, that shit was broken down. Damn. I got my car out today. Y'all worked efficiently. Y'all, listen, that's that that is that's something you can't like fake. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if you if put it like this, if brother Josh, shout out to brother Josh. If brother Josh went to Chicago right now and had to shovel some snow, do you think he would have to do that? He would know how to do that. The way to specifically break down ice versus breaking down snow. Do you think he would know how to do that? No, because he lived in Florida his whole goddamn life, yeah. right? It's an acquired skill. Yeah, it's an acquired skill. That is a lifetime, a childhood filled with shoveling snow, getting up in the morning with your daddy or getting up in the morning on the weekend to go shovel snow. That's what men did. Yeah, absolutely. That's something you can only learn here or whatever fucking Midwest place you, or in Van's case, Buffalo. Any yeah, any cold weather. Place. Long Island. Yeah, yeah. That's some shit you learn after a, a, a lifetime of hardships. You, it's two niggas shovel. The other one breaks it down. And, th- and that's how it went. Same work. Unity. That's that's unity. That's 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 something. That's it's like uh, it's like doing a three man weave drill. Drill. It's exactly. That's exactly what it is, bro. It, it is literally the the Midwest version of doing a three man weave drill. You know exactly what to do. You didn't gotta talk about it. You pass. You see one tire. Give me the thing. Boom. Start picking again. It's simple as that. Absolutely. Um. Besides the snow, though, everything's good. Uh. Yeah. Besides, you know, being cold as fuck. Um. You speaking of you know me shoveling and shit, right? Bro, I did that shit at eleven thirty this morning. It is seven thirty, and my toes and my fingers are still cold. <laughs> Yo, man, that's how I be, man. I should let you. I should have told me I would have shipped my uh, flamethrower, my Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> Dog, I was so like after I tried to get the car out the first time, I was really just sitting there thinking like, how could you? How could I even? melt this ice like hype like I, w- I was in the crib like no nah, i can get rid of this without like getting help type shit you know what i'm saying <laughs> so I look no. at strategies and shit. Yeah. yeah so like I, I so i literally did the google how much water will it take to melt ice outside in a freezing climate right and the google told me was like bro unless you got 50 times the water for that ice you are cooked. it's not gonna work yeah <laughs> and you are cooked so i was like damn dog i gotta i gotta do it the hard way but yeah, it's cold as shit. My fingers and toes are still cold. Uh, my it's so cold. Apple won't even go outside, yo. Like respect, respect. But my dog is like this, right? He he is so opinionated. He's so expressive. My dog. We went outside and like, I want to say half day, halfway down the usual block we take. He stopped, turned around, looked at me, and then proceeded to get up on both his hind legs and put his paws in the air and was like, "Pops." Come on, not, man. Not on duty. Not Bro, on duty. I, he was like, I can't even do it. I can't even take me home, dog. I can't do this, man. Do you have those doggy jackets that I'll be seeing the uh, white people dolls 
You win. White people don't say it like that. Uh, <laughs> 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 true. I even they dogs in North Faces and shit, man. That shit is crazy, but yes, my dog does have a goddamn Duluth jacket. Yeah. Uh, or a Carhartt jacket, actually. That is true. But we put him on all the layers, and this little nigga's still like, nah, bro. Yeah, he ain't with it, yeah. Nah. Um, so, yeah, man. We in deep freeze hell right now. We will get out sometime in mid-April. Okay. Um, but besides that, anything else going on in life? Um, uh, nah, pretty much it for me. All right. Did anything big happen? Um, Nah. <laughs> Not really, luckily enough. No one died. Or first of all, free Palestine. Oh, um. Yes. But like no one, no one died. No big. Oh, James Dolan. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about that for a second? We we can. You know, what I mean, James Dolan, freaky frog. I mean, this nigga plays the fucking ukulele. We should have known then. Fucking, you know what I mean? He plays the harmonica. Is that a, is that a red flag, my nigga? Nah, like let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> you know I mean? you know James I mean? James Dolan and Nani's boyfriend from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> same, same. Yo, man. This guy, this is a billionaire who on weekday nights spends his time in regular jazz clubs in New York City playing the harmonica and the ukulele, bro. I knew getting he was a fucking booed. weirdo. Getting booed. You know what I mean? He's a weirdo. Um, You know, shout out to the victim. You know, I hope they find peace in this whole thing, you know, not to make light of their situation, but fuck James Dolan. It's always been and always will be fuck James Dolan, man. I so like I've heard many things about James Dolan over the years. Everything from how petty the man is, like throwing out Charles Oakley in the middle of a Knicks game, mm-hmm. um, or such as literally having a facial recognition, like Israel Aztec, um, in the, in Madison Square Garden. Yep. So whenever someone who who has ever tweeted something bad about him, he will literally kick them out. Mm-hmm. That's a real uh, thing. That is, yeah, I'm not. This is all Googleable information. Like if you don't believe me, Google this shit right now. Put it in right now. I'll give you 10 seconds. Do, 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 <laughs> right, do, right. do, do, do. Um, but yeah, it, it came out today that James Dolan is in was has been sued in federal court for uh sexual assault, basically. And the way it happened was it was James Dolan it, with Harvey Weinstein, which yo, I nasty link up. That is how can I put this in like regular person term or like civilian terms? Harvey Weinstein is like basically the white Bill Cosby at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you getting named in the story about the person who literally inspired a a sexual not sexual movement. a sexual justice movement is is both damning but also damning enough to definitely have to sell your NBA franchise. Hopefully, also. Um, I really hope the, that young lady gets justice. I really hope she, I hope she did takes him worse than what Cassie did to Diddy. Absolutely, Absolutely. infinitely more because James only has at least five times more money. Um, but also for Knicks fans, I hope somehow in this situation y'all finally get free of this team or free from him from this team oh, because man. y'all have been suffering for a long time and y'all finally got a team that might not get bounced from the playoffs in the first round again. Yeah, and you know, people always wonder like why they won't sell the Knicks. It's not even so much the Knicks that's really like um the hard point in selling. It's like to sell the Knicks, you got to sell the building. And Madison Square Garden is worth a lot of money, you know what I mean? So to yeah, to buy the Knicks, you basically have to put up 10 billion dollars. Yeah, cuz you got to buy them, you have to buy the Rangers and you got to buy the building. So it's 
it's like for for example Manchester United to buy Man United, you got to put up like seven billion because Old Trafford by itself is worth like what two billion dollars? Exactly, just buy itself. Yeah. It's a landmark, so it's like it's worth a lot of money. So we'll see, man. Hopefully, it pans out in um our in the victims' favor. Hundred percent. Um, I think that's the heaviest thing we got to talk about on the news this week. Oh, also, RP Adam Canto. For those of you who don't know, Adam Canto passed away last week. He played Sunspot in X Men: Days of Future Past. So, oh, wow. RIP. Um, so he was also in the Cleaning Lady on Fox, but I never watched that shit. So, yeah, RIP Sunspot. Um, but yeah, let's get into Death Shots. You ready? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, so of course, our revolutionary homeboy Diego Luna uh, has stated that Andor season two has begun its final week of filming. Wow, they're they working on this shit quick, man. I has it been since well, Andor got shelved, I know, right? For a bit, uh, oh, not kind of not really. Um, like it came out last year, and I remember before like last season came out, that you remember they said they were like, nah, we're doing two seasons no matter what, like come hell, yeah, they did say that, yeah, come hell or high water. <laughs> We're getting Andor season At two. Least two season, yeah. And I think they cleared it before even Andor even came out. Um, like Disney had that much faith in it, and Andor ended up being a smash success. So shit, they were they ended up being right. Nice, nice. I can see that racking up in the Emmys too next year. Low key, uh you're right. I want I wonder if like um like for example, the final scene in Andor this year or last season was uh ironically Aunt Petunia who played or uh, the lady who played Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter movies. Uh, but she gave this speech that's saying, uh, basically saying, Hey, yo, rise against the empire at the end. And what they literally wanted to put in the script was fuck the empire. And Disney was like, nah, dog, nah, you can't do that. You yeah. can't do that. Um, but I hope that like, since they got, they saw like the first season was a rousing success, they might let them wild out just a little bit and be like, fuck the empire. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would be, exactly. that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but even if they don't want to do the end, it was a really good show. So. It's going to be fire. It's going to be a banger. I got faith in it. Yep. Speaking of shit, that might be a banger. The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live. We finally got a trailer van. This is about the Ronan Michonne looking for her main, Rick Grimes, her main in the TV universe. Um, while Rick Grimes is somehow in this paramilitary group that's about to, I don't know, start sweeping cities off the map, or what's left of the cities. But, Van, have you seen the trailer for it? I have, but... I don't know how they got the Nigan Guerrero to come back and do this shit, man. Like, the bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? It had to be a, a stupendous bag. But uh, I'm always happy to see her. Michonne's like one of my favorite characters in like the last decade of TV. So happy she's getting her own show. I I remember they they announced this like because uh, Rick Grimes, the character left Walking Dead in I want to say like 2019, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Rick Grimes. It was right before uh, the pandemic. So yeah. Yeah, I remember because they announced a bunch of shit right before the pandemic, but they announced like he was gonna get his own movie with Michonne. Um it was just wanna make sure this is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Um, so he left the show in 2017 and they announced that he was going to get his own movie. Then the pandemic happened. Um, and the movie's gonna be about him and Michonne and Shit! In between that time, if he if he left the show in 2017, that means Black Panther came out the very next year. Yep. And basically, overnight, Denai Guerrero became the bigger star. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is wild. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what she blew up. That's why I'm like, I'm just not shocked because you know the bag always talks, but it's like very um, interesting to see her back in this role. After so yeah. Long. Uh, 
I I want to know how they basically write into the show. Um, why Rick left his kids? Who event? One of them ended up dying. Um, and the other just grew up without her daddy and just never saw the motherfucker again. So I I, I just really want to know how they wrote that shit. Honestly and truly, I don't like. I'm not sure I'm gonna watch this, but like it doesn't look bad, and I'm, this might be enough to get me back into like the Walking Dead verse. At least, maybe just dip a toe in with this. Yeah, one. temporarily at least, you know. Yeah, but I feel like maybe like Comic Con in the mid, you know, 2010s. That's when it was at its peak. You know, Walking Dead was everywhere. Zombie well, shit in general was everywhere, but absolutely cooled off since then. Uh, yeah, it streaming as a whole blew up. Um, and they kind of got drowned out in the noise after a while, but also it was that thing of bro, they had like 14 seasons, yeah, 14 seasons of a what they have at least 13 episodes a season, right? Yeah, it was a great run, a historic run almost, you know what I mean, for a TV show, absolutely. So, like, they had a long time, just a lot of people came in and out. Like, people people talk about The Walking Dead, they know, like, people talk about like Monday Night Raw, yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, you ask somebody they watch wrestling. They're like, "Yeah, man, I came out on the Rock. I, you know, I grew up in the Hulk Hogan era." Da 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 da. You ask somebody about Walking Dead, they'd be like, "Yeah, man, my first season was The Farm." Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and then you talk to somebody else and be like, "Yeah, my first season was Negan." Like, yeah. and I feel like it was one of them shows that kind of like blew up the whole streaming thing on Netflix. I was like, "This and Breaking Bad was a lot of people's entryway to being like super, you know, big on Netflix and shit like that." You know? Do you uh do you remember that when I think it was either dish or direct i'm not sure but remember amc left one of them companies for like Niggas three riding. weeks yeah. and yes and motherfuckers yeah. wilded out in yeah. in the in the name of breaking bad and the walking dead shit was crazy you know what it was that was the season before the whole um negan shit so yeah negan, it really niggas was like yo bro we've been waiting so long for this you know so we need this on tv yeah the walking dead had a crazy run low low key I'm gonna throw this out here. I might be wrong, but besides basically Batman the animated series and possibly Smallville, um, shit, we could throw Arrow in there too. The Walking Dead might be the most successful comic book show ever. Yeah, like in in, longevity and just like you know how how much people loved it. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, and it's it spawned its own cinematic franchise that has its own separate canon from the comics because they said Rob they said fuck Robert Kirkman after season three. But uh, it might it might be up there. Like it might be in the if I guess we pick live action, it might be the greatest of all time. It had more lin- longevity than Daredevil, um, which is something I hate to say out loud. Um, it it might have spawned more TV than Arrow. Yeah. Um, and it definitely had more viewers than both them shits. Yeah, man. I mean, once again, another product of Image Comics that's uh, translated well on TV, you know, along with Invincible and, you know, uh, The Boys and stuff like that. Todd McFarlane, you've done it again. Uh, we'll talk about actually another indie property getting translated into a live action soon. Um, but we also got something about Creature Commandos, the first project of the DCU-verse. Um, James Gunn cast it Anya Kalatra. 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 Anya Kalatra. Um as Cersei, um, like the, the witch slash goddess Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would be played by, if those of you don't recognize Anya Kalatra's name, um, she played Yennefer of Vangerberg in The Witcher. Okay. And I never watched The Witcher, so you if you haven't seen this van, we are SOL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad they finally cast this, or I, we've heard, actually, no, we heard some other casting announcements for Creature Commandos. I just don't yeah. remember them shits because I'm not 
I, I know it's supposed to launch the, the whole um, center thing, like the whole New Frontier um, saga, but like, bro, I, don't, I can't get moved off like, uh, what's my man's name from Suicide Squad? Rick Flag? Rick Flag and like, yeah. hanging out with Frankenstein and shit like that. Like. Yeah, like, I don't I don't care about Surgeon Rock and Colonel Flag, dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't get me to convince, to convince me to care about them. You can't. Yeah. Um, but speaking of some shit you can't convince me to care about, John Bernthal. Talked about a potential return to the Punisher. Um, he says, quote, has to be right with the real sacred integrity to the source material and to what is at the core of Frank. And he said, I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure that if and when we do it, we do it right. Then, as someone who was a big fan of the Punisher series, how are you feeling about this? Uh, absolutely. Uh, this sounds like John Bernthal. You know, John Bernthal is off that tree of like Jake Gyllenhaal. When they come in the building, no matter what the property is, we doing real acting, niggas. You know what I mean? So... I'm sure he wants to do that, and um, he's perfect as Punisher, so why not bring him back, you know? I mean, we, we didn't hear a lot of talk about him getting brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, he's supposed to be taking Jessica Jones' original place um, in the Daredevil Born Again series. Um, but here's the crazy part about that, right? Remember the – well, I guess we'll talk – take that back. We'll talk about this with Echo later. Remind me to bring this up about um, – remember the reports we saw a, while, a long time ago about how Daredevil was supposed to be looking for – Jessica Jones or somebody, yeah. uh, one of the defenders, um, in the Echo series, and that nigga had like ten or like six lines of dialogue total. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and we never got a really a real answer about what he was doing besides bus just generally busting up shit. Yeah. Um. So we maybe the plan has changed and the Punisher's not coming to the MCU anymore. Um. Uh, but we'll talk more about that when we talk about Echo later as well. Um. Anything about Punisher before we move on there? No, no, I'm just excited for it to happen. And shout to John Berthold. Shout to John Berthold. He motherfucker's still booked and busy. He, the show he was on is one Emmys last night. Yeah, um, he, has, he has an amazing podcast too. So check it, check that out too. Is is he on? A, is he on that MAGA shit? I, the opposite of MAGA. He's like interviewing people having like real deep heart to heart shit. All right, man. I, you know what? You can convince. You just convince me. I'll do that shit. Yeah. Um, speaking of some shit, you can't convince me on. Director Takashi Yamazaki, for those of you who don't know, that is the director of Godzilla Minus One, um, was at Lucasfilm this week for a screaming of his movie um, organized by Dave Filoni. Mind you, just weeks ago, Yamazaki said, and I quote, he's hoping to get a call to make a Star Wars movie. <laughs> well, that's definitely happening. I think uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely proved themselves with that Godzilla movie that they need one. They deserve what too. If so, like, let me throw this to you right now. If they made a a Star Wars movie in the vein of a kaiju movie, it doesn't necessarily have to be a kaiju. But mm-hmm. if they made a Star Wars movie in that vein, what direction do you think they would go? Hmm. Maybe it'd be Wookie leg or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. I would think they want to bring in some one of the creatures. You know, one thing about Star Wars, they're gonna sell this merch, man. And nobody moving merch like the Wookies and the Ewoks. So. <laughs> Definitely, I can see them definitely making some, uh, some 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 type of movie like that. I so like if you if let's say I'm Dave Filoni, right? And Dave Filoni is a motherfucker who loves taking shit back to the essence, right? Dave Filoni's like, all right, bro, I want you to make a Godzilla movie for Star Wars, right? But however, like you can't just like put in a, like a random Godzilla, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. just make giant Sith creature, or you can't, or you could. Um, Oh, you know what? I'm capping. Yes, you can. 
Um, there's actually a giant Sith creature. Remember the Vader comic about um he going to Exegol, the uh, the planet or the like the, the the secret Sith world from Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember that giant kaiju he fucking fought on the way there. Fight a kaiju, yeah. He, we could fuck around, get a kaiju movie about that giant Sith kaiju. Yeah, that or like, what's the shit that ate Jango Fett? Oh, the Sarlax. Yeah, <laughs> make this shit about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Shit, look, we, we gotta stop. We gotta stop booking out loud here in the no, Black Fairy. That's what we do, man. I'm sorry. Speaking of speaking of the indie shit that I was talking about earlier, let's get into a little bit of indie news. Yeah. Um, so Criminal, the multi. I want to say this very clearly here. Multi, like John Cena is a multi-time WWE champion. Multi Eisner Award winning comic book series Criminal, um, created by Ed Brubaker. Yes, the same Ed Brubaker who was the writer and the creator of the Winter Soldier character and the story. Um, writes the comic in artist Sean Phillips. They got them, they got this damn book, a full series order by Prime Video. <laughs> they they skipped the pilot, yo. They have a full series, full series order. order. I mean. I'm be honest, the source material is very good. I don't know if anybody's ever read Criminal, but it's very good. Especially it's, if you like that detective kind of noir kind of Sin City kind of shit. You know what I mean? That that real detective shit. You feel? Yeah, real detective shit. You know. So I I, I can see why just based off the the source material. But uh, nah. I mean, Prime Prime is smart, bro. They're like, yo, man, y'all can have all that DC Marvel shit. We can go dig into these classic books and just put them on the screen. Nobody's even looking at it. So, like, I think it's really smart giving this series a full order because it's a detective book. You don't got to put too much special effects into it. Yeah, bro. You can go shoot on the streets of New York City or, like, insert city here and, like, you'll get all the aesthetics you need. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't, you, you, this won't require $200 million in CGI like She-Hulk. Um, this won't require none. It won't even require, like, the budget of Echo. Yeah, it could, it could use a fraction of that shit, right? Absolutely. And then if you are gonna like open up the budget a little more, get some really good actors, and then you have like a a possibly award winning show just based off the material, man. You know what I mean? Like a, like your own true detective, you know? Mm, you're doing the opposite of the Seth Rogen effect with Invincible. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? That's a really good idea. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's that would be great. Uh, for those who don't know, Criminal is like it's. The way it's described in the article is an interlocking universe of crime stories. But Van, how would you describe this shit for people like someone who's trying to pick up the first uh, number one or just trying to t- tune into the show? Oh, I mean, basically, if you like um, Tom King writing, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That real Tom King kind of sh- like shit. If you like Human Target, if you like espionage, um, espionage, James Bond books, kind of mixed um, in with Batman a little bit. Yeah, if you like beat it toots, you know what I mean? If you like, if you like that MC, you know, kind of stuff. You know, if you like, you know, people calling women broads and books and shit like that, then yeah, this is this is the book for you. This is the series for you, you know. If you like that LA Noir type shit, then yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, beat it toots with the hat that, on. The that, was a, like, nah, that was the that was a perfect description. <laughs> Yes. Uh with the with the little card in the hat too. Yes, you can't miss yes, the card. Yes, need that. Uh also Brubaker will also who who's penned the pilot already, uh, is going to co-show run the series, which is really fucking nice. big. It's and they, also I feel like just more property should do that. Just have the writer <laughs> part of the, you know what I mean, leading the show. 
in in like unrelated to comics, like that's what they're doing with the Percy Jackson series. Rick Riordan, who wrote the books, um, is a showrunner along with someone Disney paired with him, so he can you know learn the business. Same thing George Lucas did with Dave Filoni. Yep, Dave Filoni, yeah, exactly. Even though Dave Filoni worked at Avatar before that shit, so it's slightly different. But you know, Star Wars is different, so you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Exactly. Uh, um, let's get into some Star Wars news. Actually, remember D and D. Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, David Benoit and Dan Weiss, um, D&D of the Game of Thrones executive producers, um, they spoke on their canceled Star Wars movie in promotion for their new Netflix movie um, with The Hollywood Reporter, and they gave some details about what the fuck they were supposed to be doing. Quote, we wanted to do The First Jedi, basically how the Jedi Order came to be, why it came to be in the first lightsaber. Um, they were attached to that. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. That. yeah. So uh, Weiss then, uh, then said... We were annoyed as hell when Ryan Johnson called his movie The Last Jedi because he destroyed the completely obvious title for what we'll be working on. Damn y'all some basic hoes. Um, yeah, they could they could have did better than the first Jedi. Come on, niggas. Dawn, I got yeah, Dawn of the Jedi is a more fire title. I'm exactly, bro. Come on, man. Uh, um, but he also added that Lucasfilm ended up not wanting to do a first Jedi story. We had a very specific story idea in mind. Ultimately, they decided they didn't want to do that, and we totally get it. It's the company, their IP, da 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 da. They got that shit canceled because season eight was not as great as everybody thought it was going exactly. to be. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm saying also say that remember Taika Waititi Star Wars movie? Yeah. So I did some Googles, right? I went back and watched the original announcement video of w- when Kathleen Kennedy announced it, right? And I noticed in the concept art behind Kathleen Kennedy when she announced it, it showed like this bright, colorful, like space image, right? Just mm-hmm. like this, the most like um. And I think in the Star Wars verse, it would be um, like in Rebels, like before, like they enter a black hole or some shit. I don't. I think if, if I'm right, that's it's from Rebels. Right. Um, but it was also this diamond, almost like rock, rock nation shaped, shaped symbol or ship um, was basically floating behind her, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, shout out to Wikipedia. I did some more Googles, and I found that this floating. Damn near like two pyramids stacked on the flat edges together, shaped structure. Um, bears a bears a resemblance to Thoyor, right? Mm. Thoyor is a pyramidal ship or pyramidal ship, yeah, and weapon that housed the force sensitive predecessors who would later become the Jedi. Jedi, so I say all this to say that means DD were attached to making a Star Wars movie at one point. Coincidentally, that didn't happen. Later, Taika Waititi got announced to be attached to a Star Wars movie at one point. We ain't heard shit about that since then, basically. Not a story idea, not the first. And now, three years later, or sometime later, we have James Mangold attached to a movie called Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, once again, I just felt like niggas just like, they kind of stepped on their movement, you know. Once they got announced, I remember they got announced doing a Star Wars project, and niggas was just like, "No, you know, <laughs> universally like, across the board." Like everyone was so upset. Um, honestly, I feel like that poisoned Game of Thrones season eight before we even got to it. Just that announcement. Mm-hmm. It definitely did. And then why Teddy once again he <laughs> got announced, and niggas was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> same thing happened, man. So. I don't know. I think the John of a Jedi movie is, has the potential to be really good, you know, um, really important, really powerful movie. But like, 
I think they got the right person on it now. Yeah, uh, if I had to pick anyone to do like a, a Jedi epic, James Mangold is up there. Um, all his Wolverine movies are good, and there's only two yeah. of them. Exactly. Um, honestly, the only thing bad thing I say about the Wolverine is the Silver Samurai robot at the end of it. <laughs> um, but besides that, it was really a good movie. Uh, he he's really known for like getting with epics and shit. So, hundred percent up his alley. Um, we got a little bit more Star Wars news. So remember how damn near as we were talking. Um, the news about the Mandalorian movie got confirmed by uh, Lucasfilm and Disney, right? Um, so more came out via the Hollywood Reporter um, about the Mandalorian movie, and it came out that the Mandalorian season four is allegedly still in development despite a movie being announced. Quote, pre-strikes, Lucasfilm was intent on making season four of the Mandalorian. The scripts had all been written. During the strikes, however, things were evaluated or reevaluated with plans shifting to the movie as the priority. So they don't know if season four is happening now. Um, and if the movie is if the movie is successful as people want it to be, it might lead to more, which I, I think this is just the first part of a trilogy, but that's just X booking. Um, also, Enter the Jedi is still good. Uh, and apparently Dave Filoni's riding the shit out of that. But Van, how do you feel about what's going on with the Mandalorian? Um, I think the movie is the best route to go. I think season four would have kind of almost lets a little bit of oversaturation of the Mandalorian stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think jumping straight to the movie is kind of like the best way to go about it. But also with uh, another season before the movie, it would have definitely like closed up some of the plot holes, bring some of the people together that eventually were going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. I think Ahsoka season two is going to be very important to where this thing goes. Oh, um, Heir to the Jedi is happening. Or sorry. Yeah. Uh, Heir to the Empire. My bad. Yeah. Heir to the Empire is happening after Ahsoka season two. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, but I so like thinking of like narratively for the like the Mandalorian, right? Season three ended with him getting his own crib or him and Grogu getting his own crib on um Navarro, right? Yep, right, okay. Um, and they united the Mandalorians, right? Mm-hmm. They passed, okay. he passed on the, the Darksaber. Um, Grogu chose to come back to Mando at the end of Book of Boba Fett. So, and uh, yeah. what's my man's uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Um, he got cats, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get it. He got he got he got fried to a goddamn crisp. <laughs> um, they literally did him like Tra- Atreus, Kratos, and Freya did goddamn Odin at the end of God, God of War Ragnarok. Y'all, my yeah, bullshit. That's true. Same way. The exact same way. So I'm saying all this to say, narratively, like plot story wise, the Mandalorian has come full circle. He's done everything he set out to do. He reunited Grogu with his people. Grogu found his way back. He reunited his people with the motherfuckers they beef with, the other half of the people. And he took out Moff Gideon. He prevented the rise of some part of the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. And if he, if y'all are really committed to that Empire story, right, um, just have him help Ahsoka stop Thrawn. That's it. And let him go off into the sunset. Or pass the mantle down, you know? Pass the mantle down, which that might have happened already with um, yeah, with Bo-Katan taking yeah. over as well. Like he's, pa- he's technically passed the title of the Mandalorian after... Low key, if if Din Djarin died fighting Thrawn, that that fulfills his whole story, and it fulfills Grogu, so he can go back to Luke. Yeah, 
it would make sense. It so it works out kind of, but it kind of like works itself out perfectly. Damn near wrapped with a bow, right? Yeah. So I'm saying off to say it makes no sense to do a movie and a season four. It would be overkill, you know. I think what's happening is I'm gonna keep it real with you. I think they decided they they're not going to, need to report it like this, or maybe two and two just hasn't been put together yet by some people. I don't know. Um, but I think season four is getting converted into a movie. Um, because coincidentally, Dave Filoni's also writing this movie too. Ah, uh, see, they might they might just do it. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I I think it makes sense if because Ray's getting her own movie no matter what, and Dawn of the Jedi is at least right now happening with James Mangold's names on it. Um, but if they really want to, they're, they're trying to like rain check this Mando movie as if like more movies will come after it, and they've already said Dave Filoni's movie is coming after this. Um, doesn't it make sense to make a new trilogy? Yeah, like why not? Like it, it, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. I don't know if they want to stay in that time period. That's be the only thing. I, I would think they want to push it for even further. But we'll see. See. Uh, honestly, whatever they do with like this, I guess this would be this would def- definitely be like the final send off if they like if if God if like God bless whatever force gods are up there. Um, if they actually went with my idea, basically made a new trilogy like we talked about a couple weeks ago with Luke, Leia, and Han eventually coming back at the end, right? Yeah, that would be a final send off for those characters, and then they would like basically wrap up the Star Wars timeline because everything yeah. else has been filled in. Brings out up to date to where we pretty much are. Yeah, so it would make sense. Then it would basically not wipe the slate clean or whatever, but it with all those connecting branches, it would open up the room for past the Skywalkers, and that would bring us into Ray Skywalker starting Hello Jedi Order. Yeah, sure. Uh, but who the fuck are I? I'm just a podcast host. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. We got a little bit of talk about Smallville Watch as well. Um, so. Did you see the report about Supergirl? No, what happened? So it is coming out that some actresses are testing for Supergirl, James Gunn's Supergirl in the DCU. Um, and among the finalists for the position for the role is Millie Alcock. Um, and oh, that is <laughs> yes, that is young Rhaenyra from House of the Dragon, uh, season one. So also Amelia Jones and Meg Donnelly are also testing for the role, but Listen, man. That if you had to pick someone, Van, who would you pick to play Supergirl? I mean, I don't know, man. I kind of like um, who was the name on the show that was on the uh, TV show? Melissa Benoit, something like that. Melissa oh, Benoit. Melissa uh, Benoist. Benoist, yeah, she was. She was actually really good. I liked her as um, as Supergirl. But you know, you can't go wrong. Um, I kind of wish it was Sasha Kai because I felt like. She, she did a really good job with the limited amount of time she had in the movie as Supergirl. But, you know, Millie Alcock isn't a, isn't a bad choice. She looks like the character, so it makes sense. Especially, like, the animated version. I She absolutely does, and I kind of I kind of think it's kind of whack for James Gunn not to even consider her for his shit. Uh, and, then, and then the three actresses he did pick were all these blue-eyed, blonde-haired white women. Yeah. But you know, with James Gunn, he's he's it's, it really seems like for me, outside looking, he's really trying to get like back to what people know of these characters originally, you know, what I mean? the essence, the yeah. essence, which means like the most well, I don't want to say the most boring version possible though, because that's that I feel like that's a little bit projection. Um, but like basically, the version of the characters people were I don't know clamoring for during the BVS era, 
Mm -hmm. The the I don't know like what is the golden age Batman to people actually while I'm thinking about this is it like Adam West is it Batman animated series is it oh you mean like the one people hold most fondly like yeah like live like live action you know what I mean because like you can't really judge shit by the cartoon um, standard but like the way people are about Christopher Reeve's Superman what live action Batman are people like that about I would have to say. I would guess it would have to be Christian Bale, no? Bale or Keaton? I think people like Keaton. I don't think young kids like Keaton movies. I think everybody generally accepts The Dark Knight as a great thing. But, you know, people, it depends on where you grew up, though, too. You know? That is, that's a good point. And I, shit, it's something I actually thought, like, I'm someone who, like, we we people who fucking love comics. So, like, we go out of our way to watch yeah. shit, right? Like, we've gone out of our way to see Batman 89 before, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, a kid... Like growing up, like if you were born in 2006, 2007, well, you know, the, Christian Bell as the he's literally the one you grew up watching, you know, and it is literally damn near universally acclaimed the greatest comic book movies of all time, still, yeah. So, shit, yeah, maybe Bale, you're right, maybe Christian right. Bell, but yeah, I mean, I think, but I think, I think he's even reaching for like a audience even older than us, so I think he's gonna go like animated series, kind of like Batman as the standard. Kevin Conroy is Batman. R.P. Kevin Conroy. Absolutely. Uh, and R.P. Arwen Snorkin as well. Um, you want to get to This Week in Comics? Yeah, let's do it, man. Ha- have you already talked about the new Ultimate Spider-Man? No. I okay. Gave, I gave a, a slight preview, but like it got spoiled basically what I was trying to uh, hold back from the audience this weekend. They, they little- tweeted it out. I want to say it was like three days later too. Yeah, um, yeah they tweeted it out. So. But but Van, how are you feeling about Ultimate Spider-Man? Or do, how do you do? You want to like give your full spoiler review of Ultimate Spider-Man now? I mean, yeah. I mean, as a somebody who's not really a Spider-Man fan, this has kind of like brought me back into the Spider-Man thing. You know, I'm really liking what the decisions they made with the character. Um, you know, I'm a big Hickman guy off off top. Everybody knows that. So like. When I heard he was going to take over Spider-Man, I was excited because I just know the, the amount of depth and character he's going to give, not just to uh, Peter Parker, but also the world that he lives in. And he, he definitely did that. I think bringing back uh, Ben Parker creates a dynamic who you haven't really got to see much in the comics is, you know, between Peter and Ben as, you know, uncle and nephew, you know, you only seen Uncle Ben get popped for over some milk. You don't really get to see him like living actively, like mentoring and the older Peter at this point with his own kids. So I think it's, it's going to be very interesting going forward. My only gripe with the comic is like how he gets the spider powers. Is basically Iron Man, whatever this version of Iron Man comes through and says, "Here, nigga, you want to be Spider Man? Yes or no?" He gives him the spider. <laughs> so that's pretty much how he gets his powers. But like other than that, man, I think they did a really good job with this book. You know, I, the best thing about it is definitely the Jonah Jameson Ben Parker friendship. It was so like I think it's I think it's really cool with. What basically Jonah did, and to your point, like they basically made Uncle Ben Ben Yurik. Yes, yes. Um, or I, there might be another reporter who was at the Buick at the time. Actually, Robbie. Peter. He's kind of like Robbie, but like yeah, yeah. Ben Yurik mixed with Robbie. That's actually perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they probably they basically made him that, and like you said, they kind of flipped the dynamic on its head because ain't nobody have to get popped for him to get his powers, right? But mm-hmm. we do got to say this, right? We are not out of the first arc yet, yeah. right? So that means someone is still liable to die before issue like 10. Um, 
So with that being said, that means Peter, this Peter, right, has not learned great power or comes what comes with great power is great responsibility or comes with great responsibility. What the fuck way it goes. Yeah. Um, this Peter has not learned that the hard way yet. He will soon. Also, uh, we gotta learn about what happened on May, man. Yeah, and, did and she make the store run? Did she not use the cart? Did she make the store? <laughs> Hashtag. Did she make the store run? <laughs> did she? Like, I really need lactic milk, man. <laughs> That's a wild question to ask. You. Why can't she like have gone peacefully, man? Oh uh, man, she definitely made the store run. She bumped into Keith Lee eating salvage chopped cheeses. <laughs> That's how she went out, man. Damn. Hey, yeah, that, that's that actually fun. That's Hickman Spider Man canon right now. Aunt May got popped in Atlanta because one of the shop owners was mad. This nigga stood on business and tried to shoot him and hit Aunt May instead. That's the TikTok food reviewer. And niggas are mad at her review. Can can you imagine Aunt May with the smacking noises? Like, damn, you know yep. what I mean? Yep. Um, this has nothing to. Well, this is tangentially related to Spider Man. Speaking of like, you know. TikTok and smacking noises. Um, I've seen people be outrageously horny about a, a spider. Um, what's the name of the Madam Web? About the Madam Web promo video. Um, and I want y'all all to see God. Uh, God, whatever, whatever higher power you believe in. Yeah. To a be video, fair, do you are not hitting me with a hear me out right now. To be fair, X. It kind of looks like a point parrot. You just, yeah, you just, you just, you hit me with the gotta hear both sides. Hey, this man. is insane. I'm just saying, let's be, you know, let's be bipartisan in this. You just know? because the lady was coincidentally starring in Fifty Shades of Grey, all right, doesn't mean everything's got to be pornographic, goddamn. I'm just saying, her started Fifty Shades of Grey, us seeing Sydney Sweeney's titties every two minutes in Euphoria. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, they know their audience. That was a that was an executive producer decision in Euphoria, and <laughs> Sam Levinson is being held accountable because his show with the weekend got canceled real fast. Um, but I want everybody to do better. Absolutely. Um, for this week in comics, I, I I really don't got much to update y'all on. Um, this Ultimate Spider-Man has taken all my attention. Uh, I have not read shit else this week because I feel like I gotta say, as a Spider-Man fan who has suffered through. The Dan Slot in post era, bro. We're taking it back to the essence. We, yeah. This this book will get me back into the book. And when Dan Slot listening to this, because I know you are, you bastard. The fight is back on. Criminal. You think you think you defeated me? Nah, I just needed a, a second boost. I needed a sensu bean, <laughs> and Jonathan Hickman gave me that. You bastard. You that video of cell. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, shout out to Hickman, shout out to Marvel for letting him cook. Um, please don't fuck this up like y'all did Krakoa. Uh, we, I want to get into a little bit of comic news. Yeah. Did you hear the Jason Aaron news? No. Oh, gosh. It's it's not too bad, right? Um, Jason Aaron is set to write the new number one for the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. Um, okay. Which... It doesn't that doesn't sound crazy because honestly his Batman book, while being a little bit out there, was basically Alien Fight Club, and it's really hard to fuck that up. Um so I 
your boy might be tapping in, Van. But how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's more in his wheelhouse, Jason Aaron. This is why I kind of like. I feel like I like the store run, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. he'll do well on like kind of like mystic kind of mutant kind of shit. As grounded as a Ninja Turtles story can be, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's more his lane than like yeah, writing Avengers and shit like that, you know? Yeah, um I think him getting back to the street um which is I don't I don't think Jason Aaron has done a street level character since his maybe his Wolverine run. Mm, yeah, cuz it was Thor, Last, and Hulk, Avengers. Yeah, it's been it's been that long. Yeah, so him getting back to the street might be really good for him. And like, it's the Ninja Turtles, yo. So he could get a little. If he wants to get a little bit mystic, he can do that. Like you said, if he wants to get a little bit dark, he can do that. Um, if you just want to get generally weird and do some weird and just. I don't know, make niggas turn into like all of New York turn into rhinos for an issue. You can do that. Do that too. Yeah. You can do all that with that shit. So yeah, I think I think this would be good for him. Um and hopefully he gets to gets back to putting out the quality content that we came to revere him for at one point. Absolutely. Um let's get into a little bit of Fantastic Watch. So remember that I want to say maybe a month ago, the Pedro Pascal potentially being Mr. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, yeah. um came out. And I was like, man, I'm not really sure because his schedule next year is packed as fuck. Um, Pedro Pascal has now since exited the movie Weapons due to a potential scheduling conflict the same day that filming for Fantastic Four was pushed to quarter three, 2024. (laughs) And this is via the Insider as well. Um, So Van, being the resident Fantastic Four expert, what do you think about this? Hey, man. Yo, man, he got the Just For Men box on his in his bathroom counter right now. He's putting the <laughs> silver streaks on the side of his head as we as we, as we speak, man. So it's definitely on the way. I think he's clearing out his schedule um, as much as he can for this. Because, you know, I think he starts shooting Last of Us in a few months, like two months or something like that. So Hey, man, I, I, I have read that making a, I want to say like a scripted TV series, like an episode of Arrow took like two weeks to make. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal is going to be on set for three weeks, maybe. Come on, man. Good boy. Three you know weeks. You know that Abby cast, it really scared me because I'm like, fuck, this nigga X is right. Hey, I'm, te- I'm telling you, yo, it's not going to be for long. He dies in the first hour of the game, yo. Yeah. Like, yeah. speaking of which, that game got put out again. They re- What, they remastered the remaster of the they, remaster? They... <laughs> the- I'm not sure if The Last of Us Part 2 has been remastered or re-released already. Uh, but yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it only came out like four years ago, bro. So the remaster is, is crazy. The only reason I, people even had it for like the PS4 because people just couldn't get PS5s at that point. Yo, Loki, low remember how we talked about GTA, how like it spanned 3's consoles and it's literally been out since I was in high school? Yeah. Um, the Last of Us is a, the damn near the exact same. And that shit has been re-released at full price at least four times total. Yeah, yeah. I seen um, PlayStation put it up on their uh, their, uh, PlayStation Plus, which is like their fake Game Pass shit now. I'm like, brothers, come on. You niggas is desperate, man. Is it desperate when, like, your shit got Emmy nominated and stuff like that? Like, yo, people were... People were... How can I put this? People who are not... Were not experienced in The Last of Us before this show, they were shook. Yeah. 
People haven't. Assess, yeah. Would it be fair to say people haven't clung to a zombie show like that since damn near The Walking Dead? Yeah, true. True. So, hey, man, hey, PlayStation, Sony and PlayStation right now are making sure as many people and they mama as possible get their hands on that damn game. Yeah. And and shit, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, like, I can complain all I, all I want about it, but if Dickens is buying it, Dickens is buying it, you know? Like, that, that, this game has been re-released, remastered, what, like I said, four or five times, and it's sold in the millions each and every time. Yeah, so... I if know. I blame anybody. You gotta, I gotta blame the consumer, you know. Yo, I personally know because I had to buy that shit for somebody last year. I know that <laughs> shit. Right, right. Um. So yeah, man. Pedro really might be Mister Fantastic. Um. Speaking of some shit that really might be. Did you see the Daredevil news last week, uh, Van? Oh no, no. What's going on with Daredevil, man? So, uh, it came out. I want to say Thursday, maybe Friday of last week. That Eldon Henson and Deborah Ann Wolf will return as Foggy Nelson and Karen Page, respectively, um, for Daredevil Born Again. Quote, uh, allegedly the decision was made within the last week. This is also via the Hollywood Report, or deadline rather, I apologize. Um, but the decision was allegedly made last week, and as they were originally planned to be killed off screen in the first episode of Daredevil Born Again. Oh, wow. Uh, super disrespectful, right? <laughs> Nigg- niggas would have rioted, bro. Niggas would have been so upset. They, a lot of people probably would have checked out right there. Uh, yes, a lot, namely me. Yeah. Uh, but how do you feel about Marvel and namely Kevin Feige acquiescing and bringing them back? I'm gonna be real. I think Marvel has quietly kissed the ring of the Netflix shows. You know, I think for so long they tried to say eh, it's not canon, it's not part of us because it was in the uh, Kevin Feige joints. They weren't mm-hmm. Kevin Feige joints, uh-huh. but I think. The fan reaction to a lot of decisions Marvel has made and like just their love for the, the Netflix shows has made them quietly kiss the ring and recognize, okay, this is the superior version. We need to be more like this. So um I, I think Karen and Foggy not being a part of this this new show on Disney shouldn't have even been on the table. They should have always been a part of it from jump. So hundred percent happy to see him back. Happy to see him back, man. Even though uh, I Karen Payton is one of the most annoying characters ever. I don't so like so I saw a list of uh, like the top ten most hated characters in TV history, and like when when they do that list for like the top ten most popular, it's damn near all filled with men, right? Like with very few exceptions, you might get like a you might get a Khaleesi on there or some shit like that, but like it's probably all men. And I think it's crazy as hell that all basically all the hated women characters or all the ha- most hated characters in TV are women. So I'm going <laughs> to try to lessen my Karen Page slander because I don't. I, I don't, don't hate really, Karen Page. She's just annoying. I, how can I say this? I don't... I dislike Karen Page only because, like, in all iterations of her so far, um, this might be because, like, a lot of men who just can't write women. But, yeah. like, yo, she was, like, legitimately one of the most burdensome side characters ever. Um, and I say that because I, I stay in a character whose adopted son flew to the Middle East to meet his mama and got blown the fuck up by the Joker, right? Um, Karen Page went to Hollywood to make it big, became a porn star, unfortunately got caught the Irv, uh, and then came back to New York. Was she a smoker too? Yes, she was a smoker. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually came back to New York, right? Um, And her final story, Guardian... Guardian Devil, right? 
Yes. Yeah, yes. Guardian Guardian Devil. Um, looking after her shit. Even though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her ass tried to trade a baby for her to get rid of her HIV. It's crazy. And in the show, in the flashback scene that basically showed us why she is the way she is, I'm not bullshitting you. This actually happened. In the show, they wrote that like she wanted to go to college but couldn't because she needed to help her run her dad's diner that yes. has been run down since her mama passed. Right? In the show, her little brother pulls up to her room one day and was like, yo, I did something. And literally hands her an acceptance letter from the college that he sent in because he secretly sent her application. Or her reaction to seeing that letter is literally, I hate this family and runs the fuck off. Why would you do this to me? Like, what? Yeah, like... I, I'm not sure if the writers have purposely wrote, wrote her to be unlikable throughout mediums, but she's been written as unlikable throughout mediums. Um, and then even like even on the show, like she got that reporter killed, you know, the black guy. I forget his ben name. Ben Yurik. Ben Yurik, yeah, got him killed. Like, come on, damn. So, like, I say all I'd say about Karen Page. Despite all that, she did play an important part in this show. She Absolutely. she drove the narrative of the show. Basically, what Ben Yurik for like we talk about Ben Yurik, but. He drove the narrative for the first first season. He basically did all the basically found all the connecting tissue between the different plot points from the Russians to Kingpin and back to uh I forgot what the name of the company was that busted up that lady's apartment in the first season. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it might be like a Alliance United or some shit like that. Um, but the he connected all that shit together. Karen did the exact same thing in season two with Punisher. And did the same thing in season three when Matt came back to life. She she played the exact same role. And Foggy was literally basically us. Yeah. Foggy was this audience voice in service to audience voice throughout the show. Basically, whatever Matt was like, yeah, bro, I'm about to go fight these ninjas. I'll be back. And Foggy was like, nigga, do you hear yourself? <laughs> and Foggy also break up a lot of the tension in the show. Like, you know. Or like if Karen and Matt were beefing or if Matt was just generally being unresponsive or if... if Someone had to go ask, yo, why why is Rosario Dawson in your apartment, man? Like, what the fuck is going on today, man? Um, he was he was the audience voice, and they tried. I think it's wild as fuck. Truly wild as fuck. Like, Kevin Feige looked at that show and decided the only thing I'm going to translate from that universe is the two niggas who starred in it. <laughs> and we're going to kill them. Like, what? And we're, and we're, yeah, we're going to wipe out his whole supporting cast <laughs> in the first episode. Exactly. I'd be more interested to see if they bring back Electra because I think Electra will really work well. Um, and Alodi Young has talked about returning as well, and that would be—I think that'd be a really good idea. Just bring back everybody. Just call Rosario up. Tell her to come walk across the hall. Yo, she's done shooting the soak and come shoot this. Man. Actually, I just thought of something. If if they wanna, if they wanna really be committed to the Daredevil character and doing it right. What if instead of um, instead of Jessica Jones, instead of Punisher, this version of Daredevil was out looking for Elektra? That would be cool. And uh, that would make sense. You know, that was kind of like his whole thing, uh, season three of Daredevil, too. Um, also, <laughs> hey, I, I feel him. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, the White Tiger is still set to appear in Daredevil Born Again. And uh, in the original script that got canned, um, that was basically supposed to do a trial of the white tiger he was going to get found guilty and die um and that was going to ultimately spur him to return to daredevil so i'm not sure what version of that story they're doing here but maybe it's going to be longer drawn out somehow different um but white tiger is going to be in it but as of right now no defenders are going to be in that shit you think they're going to cut down on the lawyer aspect of the show because you know that was that was talked about a lot 
Honestly, I think so. This is going to sound crazy, but I think one of the things that kind of spurred them to rewrite the show is kind of the success of Suits in mm-hmm. on streaming recently. Um, I think they were probably going to be more action focused, kind of like how Echo was, which we'll talk about Echo in just a second. Um, but I think they were like, nah, 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 nah. We the the people want law law drama. We'll give them law drama, and I think that's what inspired them to bring back Foggy and Karen, honestly yeah. and truly. Um, I think Matt, like uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, like they've been Vincent D'Onofrio especially has been giving a lot of quotes recently about like making sure their their new adaptations are right. Um, but I think one of the things they probably pushed for was yeah, bring back the fucking supporting cast. They did all the connecting work for the plot. Yeah. Um and build out a fucking law firm because a law firm ain't one one person, yo. Like you can't you can only get so many shots of Charlie Cox in a suit looking stressed. <laughs> For real. Like you, we literally got it all of Daredevil season three. That nigga did no law, no legal work in that season. It was just straight. It was straight hands dodging bullets and beating <laughs> niggas up, man. Getting Kinshasa in hallways and shit. Yeah, like, exactly. Um. So yeah, man. Like. I think that that's partially what inspired it. Probably some also some actor feedback. Um, but like you said, I think to a certain degree, at the very least, Kevin Feige's like, "All right, I need to be hands off with this." You know, what I mean, like, yeah, I need man. to, I need to take a step back in order for this to be successful. Um, it already has worked. You know, yeah. Because actually, fuck, we can roll into Echo. Um, Van, how do you feel? How do you feel about Echo? All right, so with Echo, um, first off, I want to say it, it's it's definitely. Don't listen to reviewers, man. <laughs> you know, niggas, before it came out, niggas was pulling on it, all kind of shit, saying it was trash. I want to say a lot of those were, like, white guys. Um, saying that. 100%. You know, so don't listen to niggas. Always watch for your own opinion. The same um, people who hated Ray Fisher Cyborg. Exactly. The same same niggas that just hate women and niggas in general. You know, people of color in general, right? So the same people who say uh Skylar White is the worst character on TV. Yeah, yeah. The same that, whole, people. that whole brigade, you know. So that's first. Don't listen to niggas reviewing niggas. Um I will say though, Echo Pros. Um, I will say the supporting cast is phenomenal. I think they do a great job in the show carrying it. Um I think the the main character is limited, you know what I mean, of course, you know, by her not being able to hear and, you know, stuff like that. Um, So she's kind of limited in what she can do. But, like, I think the supporting cast really, like, pulls it through, you know. Even with her, I think she does a a good thing with her facial expressions and stuff to express different emotions and, you know, gets across those tough scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so the supporting cast is good. I think some of the shots is really, really, really beautiful in the show, especially like when she's driving on a motorcycle and stuff like that. Mm. I think that's amazing. Um, the best so, Oklahoma has ever looked. Yeah, I, I like them shooting on location. I, that's definitely a plus. Plus, they didn't use the fucking volume for this. It's like, you know what I mean? They actually <laughs> shot it in a real place with real people doing real things, you know? That was always cool. Um, and yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio is fucking amazing. Um I don't know what more can be said about him. He's just an amazing actor who like really nails the character of Kingpin. You know, I said I know he says he has to go through all these things to get in the character, but I don't know, nigga. Like you playing this shit a little too well. Like it seems kind of natural. Like um, if you if you remember his uh Law and Order Criminal Intent days, 
I really read his kingpin as a version of that character. Yeah, like just on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like basically, the lawyer. He's playing the fucking the actual playing the criminal. Um, I will say I liked how they tapped into the whole the Native American heritage thing was cool too. Like I was seeing the story take place from different pieces in like U.S. and world world history it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so all that was good. Um, as far as cons, like I feel like the pacing was definitely off. I definitely feel like there were some things they let breathe a little too much, you know, scenes that were a little too drawn out, and then some things they just rushed through, you know. Yeah. Um, but like I think this show is definitely meant to be like eight episodes, you know what I mean? Like something more than five. This um, this should have been a full season. This should have been like ten episodes, like not right. not not quite as long as the Netflix series or one of the Netflix seasons of the the Marvel shows. But like this, if you had gave it ten episodes, the pacing would have fixed itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, it definitely had pacing issues. I think it, it was kind of jarring going from like seeing her whole life in the first episode up to that point mm-hmm. to like slowing it down completely by um, episode two. I was a little jarring, but um, I mean that. And then you also have like, I'm gonna be honest, it's a little boring at times. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't you know, it's, it's like <laughs> watching it is just like, oh man, like can we can we get to the shit, man? Um. I, I like how they got Daredevil out the way. So I think that's another reason why critic niggas didn't like it. Cause they were like, Daredevil's very here, nigga, damn in this. Like here, like put in put the nigga in the first episode, leave us with the fuck alone. Um CGI at the fight too. Uh, y'all not slick. We yeah. I, I noticed that shit. Um yeah, I mean I do like it. Um I will say too, they use the sound in a great great way. Like seeing things from her perspective and taking away sound from certain things just make things way more tense, you know, yeah. like action scenes. But um, no, nah, I think that was great. Um, I think it was a pretty okay show overall. Like, I didn't really have high expectations. I kind of was just taking what I was given for the show, and I just thought it turned out fine. It's a very serviceable show. I don't think anything. It's not. It's not bad, but it's not super great either. Um, I think most of all, I was impressed by Laco Cox because I've never seen a show like starring a deaf person. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is normal or something like that. But I. Like you, um, this is going to sound weird, but like uh, Sami Zayn used to wrestle with someone named Errol Generico, right? Allegedly, at least. Allegedly. Um, and when he came to WWE uh, in NXT, the one thing Triple H said about him immediately, and Dusty Rhodes also said this as well, was for someone who wrestled under a mask for literally a, like a dozen years, the motherfucker's very expressive with his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Alaco Cox is the same way. For someone who can't hear, um, she's extremely expressive, and like, I'm a. If my sister's listening to this, Tiara, shout out to her. Uh, my sister is the most aggressive person on the planet. I'm, I, I, I'm not saying this to be mean, but her love language is literally violence. I'm not bullshitting. Right, right, right. right? Alaku Cox gave the same energy as my big sister, despite not being able to express herself as loudly, literally, because my just like me, all the rest of my family, all our voice carries. Tim's the same way. Yeah. Um. But she she basically found a way to express herself the same way a loud nigga like myself and my sister and Tim and us would express ourselves. And I thought that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pacing issue is like, it's kind of jarring to go from a flashback back to the regular show. Yeah, um, then the flashback, like a whole episode of flashback. Yeah. yeah, and they don't really explain her powers at any, at any point. No. Um, they don't really like give you like a 
not even like a figuring your shit out scene. Um, like it just, it just, it's kind of like um the way Monica's powers progressed in the Marvels. It just kind of happened, and the most you get is like, yeah, yesterday I couldn't do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I wish like if they gave it three or four, like, even not even a ten, like gave it three more episodes, made it eight. That would have fixed itself. You got a, you would have got a whole episode about her powers. Yeah. Um, but because they decided to make only five episodes because they weren't sure the shit would pop off, um, we didn't get that. I think, I think the show, like her supporting cast, like you said, was really fucking good. Yeah. Um, they, I don't want to say outshone her, but they complimented her all beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, even the scene with with her, uh, with her grandma who exiled her, um. And the way like they were both expressing really was really powerful to me. Um, the only thing I wish was like they had more time to interact. Each one, like I wanted to see her more with um, was my man's name Junebug? Which one is that? Uh, the homie who she asked to go into town for her and shit, and you know, jer- got her off the train. Oh, her cousin. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I wanted to see more of her, more of him, like with her, and also just throughout the town. I wanted to see more of her with her step with her granddad. He was um, funny. he was funny as hell. I wish she got more than two scenes with her, uh, or grandma basically. Um, and I wish we got to see like the ending at the uh, the ending where basically all three of them like had like this one for all moment. Um, and uh, basically whooped up on all Kingpin's people. I wish all of them like we kind of we could have got a scene with um I forgot her cousin's name but basically the, her cousin that was basically her sister um something I asked myself while the Lonnie show was going was like Lonnie exactly uh, Bonnie there we go um uh, Bonnie I was like so like if everyone in your bloodline has this Bonnie must have this too and the only acknowledgement we get in that show is of them in the final scene um I wish they would have explained it more because like Bonnie. It's a fire department, like firefighter or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would have loved to see from our perspective, like, she realized this shit maybe years before Echo, before because she stayed in Oklahoma and she's been using that shit as a firefighter. We shit like that, we would never know, but because we never got more time with the show. Right. Um, so if the show does get a second season, I hope shit like that is explored. Um, because I thought like I thought like the whole like link up scene there was kind of a bit cheesy. Um, and I also feel like Whenever Kingpin stepped on screen, the show stopped being about Echo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it, it really stopped being about Maya and basically became about what the fuck Kingpin is doing and where he's taking this shit at. Um, and I wish I wish they teased the, the the mayor thing more throughout the the five episodes and more than just a fucking post-credit scene at the end of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I wish like Maybe we could have seen we could have when Maya went to go visit him in the hotel. That sounds wild. But went to go tell him no in the hotel. That also sounds wild. Um, when Maya rejected his offer to take the Empire, I wish maybe we could have seen like a uh, like some pins in the background, like some buttons in the background, or some shit, or like maybe some concept art for like logos or something like that, um, just to give it like a little bit of like hinting without like flat out coming out and saying it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think that would have been cool, but. As a whole, I think the show is really good, but also as a whole, I think this kind of feels like an MCU show just with blood and more violence. Um, and, and, really, and be honest, it's not really that rated R. Like it was kind of oversold in that way. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, niggas get popped, niggas get beat up, but like it's not like it's not like fucking Daredevil, bro. Yeah, it's it's not like 
this is definitely more violence than Moon Knight, uh, but definitely still not as much violence as Daredevil. Or I would say Jessica Jones was was more toned down than Daredevil because she like wasn't putting her fist through motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she wasn't no she wasn't pulling no Supermans. Uh, but while while in Daredevil, we literally saw a man impale his own head on a spike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, we we saw. We didn't literally see like the head decapitate with every door slam, but we saw you the stu- shit. Yeah, you, you, you we saw like the blood gush as it happened, and then you also uh saw like the the stump that was left when it when it eventually detached. You know what I mean? They made a way to feel it, make it feel jarring without it making it be straight up gory. Mm-hmm. Um and while Echo is a bit bloody, it's not it's not violent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Actually, most uh, of the show is dialogue. To be honest, like yeah, it's like it's not a, it's not a. There are some scenes of her whooping ass, but it's not like a whole lot of whooping ass. You know what I mean? Um, there's there's basically two big action scenes, um, or three if you really want to count the one at the end. Um, there's the train scene, um, which is some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Like I know I don't I don't want to be hard on the CGI work CGI workers because I know it's not their fault. But that shit is ass. It was yeah, it was bad. Um, and the the ring scene, um, which that also like logistically didn't flow right to me, because at one point she broke out, um, made a gun, and then let just let the uh, the white trash girl escape. Yeah, like why just pack her out right now so you don't have to deal with her when you're in a hostage situation that she was in three minutes later. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like. Small stuff like that didn't make sense to me. Um, How you feel like, about her healing King, Kingpin at the end? <laughs> did she? Did she really heal? I don't she even, healed the nigga, bro. He I don't. I mean, he could see before he t- she took that. He took that damn eye patch off, and all his ass had was a uh, was a, a Ilya Dragunov scar. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Um, that shit looked like a. That looked like fucking Kakashi scar in Naruto, yo. Like it, it like he took it off, he can still see and talk and shit. Like he had an implant in the shit. Like I think that I think it's a little bit, yeah. That was some corny shit. Like, uh, what did you do? What did you do? She held this nigga. I'm like, and then she went to the nigga pass. It's like, yo, man, you ain't gotta be like this. I'm like, what? Yeah, like that shit, like. Shorty, you tried to cap him 48 hours before this. This is your third attempt at trying to kill this nigga, bro. Yo, like that's the that was the prelude to this. You're talking about you can be better. You're trying to lynch him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that some shit just didn't make narrative sense like that. Um, but a lot of those things would will be fixed if you just let the show cook a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because it, it kind of felt like once again, um, uh, the same thing I talked about the Marvels. That it felt like they wanted to reshoot some shit, just didn't get the chance to. Yeah. Um. So hopefully Kevin Feige starts stepping on his own feet. But this is a very serviceable show. I would not, uh, like I wouldn't like turn my nose up at not uh, watching it again. Um. I just wish there was a, mo- a little bit more replay value. I guess is all. Um. I like the I like and I like the release how they released it like all at once. It actually worked. Like watching it is like a binge. The versus like. It would have came out every week. I feel like it would have lost viewers, bro. People would have like lost interest in it. Honestly and truly, I think had they released it episodically weekly, it would have drowned out the noise for Percy Jackson. Like it would, yeah. It would it like the if you made a Venn diagram of the fans, like it wouldn't be a perfect circle, but it wouldn't be that far off. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
But one thing I do want to ask you about is the hammer scene, right? Um, the hammer scene basically established uh, the Netflix joints as canon, like officially. Yeah. Um, and note, Daredevil was wearing the red and black suit, not that yellow shit um, in the show. Trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, right? How do you feel about them shows being dis- established as official canon or reaffirmed as canon rather? Because them shits were always canon. Feige, you're not bullshitting me. Um, and how do you feel like it builds to Devil's Raid? I think it um once because the whole mayor mayoral thing, I think it is gonna lead perfectly in Devil's Reign. Um him just traveling with the hammer is hilarious. Like you nigga, you just keep that on you, nigga, at all times. Like, goddamn. <laughs> Like, you just keep a fucking uh, Home Depot hammer on you. God it's, his, it's his version of uh, Michael Jordan's UNC shorts. Yeah, exactly. It's his version of like <laughs> a, a, a emotional support animal. It's the same. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, Called call, call the hammer him, his, uh, his version of John Wick's dog. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the most important thing about these shows being canon, honestly, is um, Simone Mizak as uh, Missy Knight. Uh, God bless her. Yeah, um, yo, good we gotta woman. bring her back. <laughs> we gotta bring her back. Good um, woman, you know. But um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do with this. Um, especially I think honestly, the most interesting character in all of this for me is Iron Fist. Because like I think if they do a Shang Chi movie, including Iron Fist and Shang Chi together, would be fire. Uh, you know, listen, don't bring Finn Jones back as, as uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Oh yeah, it's, right gonna, now. it's definitely gonna be a different version. They like no nigga. We need you to fight in this nigga. Low. Hey, um, I just I literally just thought of this on the fly. Who played um Scorpion's grand grandson or some shit in the Mortal Kombat movie? Oh yeah, yes, yes. I forgot his name. He's uh, he could he could play the new Shang Chi, or the sorry the new Iron Fist. Absolutely, absolutely. And then with that, you have a, like a lot of uh, you know, canon to play with. You know what I mean? If you, you know, so because it's a new character, so you can like come up with the backstory however you want it to be. Literally, it's it's a damn near a blank slate because the motherfucker just got put into canon last year. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure how I so I want to know when the fuck they intend to release Spider Man four <laughs> because if that's going to be like the big blow off for this shit, um, it don't sound like Tom Holland's convinced that shit's happening still. And be honest, uh, I don't think that's gonna be the big blow off for this. I think if they do Spider Man five or six, I think that'll be the blow off. Because we still haven't seen Kingpin and Spider Man like interact at all. You know? Yeah. Um the way they the way they're talking about this, they're trying to build it from Echo to Born Again to Spider Man Four, but it's twenty twenty four and Spider Man four ain't started filming yet. Um and it's twenty twenty four and Daredevil Born Again is getting rewritten from scratch. And it's only 24, and we haven't seen Daredevil and Spider-Man together in costume. So, like, we haven't even crossed that bridge, you know? Yeah, so we... I'm not sure what their timeline for a Devil's Reign project is, um, but it doesn't look like it's going to be within the next three or four years. Yeah, we're hitting the wrap it up button on that. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up. Um, but that is all we got for y'all this week on the Black Variant. Man, you ready to hop into the soapbox and let's get out of here? Yeah, man, soapbox this week is... Yo, man, I want you niggas... It's gonna sound crazy because the holiday just passed. I should have told you we watch your thing. But yo, man, Hawkeye is actually pretty good, man. You watch <laughs> Hawkeye. Shout out to uh, Haley Steinfeld. Our Octoroon. You know what I mean? Shout out to her. But yeah, Hawkeye is fucking is actually pretty good. And as time has gone on, I've grown to appreciate that show even more. So uh, definitely go check that out, man. 
I I want to tell y'all to watch Daredevil purely because of this, right? You mean to tell me it is MCU canon that Maya got her ass whooped by Hawkeye, but held her own against Daredevil? Come on, man. Come on, man. What what are we doing here, man? Go watch Daredevil. Plus five stats on everything. He's throwing this. (laughs) It's like a shooting sleeve in 2K14. (laughs) And VC. And VC. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, go watch Daredevil to get some some true hands, some real hands. Um, Also, go watch Punisher Season 1, because if you want to watch some gory shit, that is definitely for you, Frank Castle. You know Um, I've never seen Punisher at all. What? I've never seen the series, nah. The... not as, have you watched the movies? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the movies, but I've never seen the uh, the Netflix show. That is, it's a hundred percent up your alley. You would love that shit. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Um, it's it's yeah, it's violent, it's gory, is they he's throwing hands, throwing them blows. Um, there's some a couple hilarious scenes of some cuck some cuck shit. There's no other way to say that. It is literally some cuck shit. Um. And I think you will find that shit to be hilarious. And I would love to hear what you said about that. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out this weekend. It'll be on my list. Yeah, tap in. Uh I didn't watch season two though, so that's that's on you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but more importantly, also today, or two days by the time y'all listen to this, Shaka Confession season two will now have dropped on the Black Variant page. Um, we are talking this week at least about the video games of 2003, um, along with some very big pop culture moments. Um in addition, we talk about the Wire season two, man. So, Van, how do you feel about what we're doing with Shocker Confessions this season? Nah, man, I'm, I'm happy it's back. Um, it's always fun doing that show with you guys. It's always, you know, a good time. <laughs> the newest episode is available for everybody, at least the first episode. I might put it on the feed, too, at least a preview of it, a few minutes of it, so people can get a taste of what we talk about on that show. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate you guys, man, listening, and we got more on the way. Yeah, we got a couple episodes banked for y'all as well, and we have some real, some real jam-packed big shit to talk about later in the season as well. Um, we're talking about, mind you, the year of the our Lord two thousand three. Um, it's the year LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony came to the NBA. It's the year Fifty Cent blew the fuck up. Um, it's the year the TSA happened. It's the year the Department of Homeland Security happened. Um, it's a crazy ass year, man, in American history. So yeah, man, y'all should really tap in. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, we're talking about everyone's favorite season of The Wire as well, season two. Um, so yeah, man, tap in. And th- of course, this shit would not be happening unless y'all told us y'all banged with the first season. Um, Absolutely. So shout out to y'all. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, also, make sure to go tap into the lookout as well. They are coming back, I believe, January 26th. So make sure to have the alerts t- turned on for that. Tap into the A show. Um, also, sorry to the A Show Discord that apparently sounded like the fray movement from last night about the gender match. <laughs> um, so, shout out to the A Show Discord. Uh, tap into, of course, as well to Black Print, uh, the Beyonce conversation or the Beyonce comment Justin said about, uh, let me say, reading comprehension is crazy. Um, <laughs> also, shout out to the show you're working at for re subbing. To our Patreon, which you can support for as low as three dollars as well. Um, anything to leave with the people, fan, before we get out of here? Nah, like every like every week, man. We appreciate you guys listening to everything. See you guys next week. Also, that Rona's coming through. Wash your ass. Yeah, and them hands too. And them hands. Don't catch that Irv. Don't catch that Karen Page. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>